it's not a Christmas story, but it's moving on from Christmas. Because over Christmas, we've heard a lot about what Jesus brings into our lives. For me, this year, I think I've heard more than I've ever heard in my life. And it was the same story in Luke, is it Luke chapter 2. And I've heard it over and over, over and over. I feel like this year has been the year that maybe God just wanted to say, this is what you need to hear for Christmas this year. Whether it was the hope that Jesus brings into our life, whether it's the, Jesus coming as the light of the world, I don't know. Whether it's the joy, all that I kept on hearing over and over. And I remember on the, it was on the 17th, on the Sunday, before coming to church, I went to my sister's church, and uh, someone just got up and was talking about Christ being the light of the world. And in that, God spoke to me, and I knew that that was the message that I was going to bring this morning. And the one thing that spoke to me in that, the person who got up didn't even say it like this, but to me it came like, what, after Christmas, what next? After Christmas, what next? Now for us to understand that, I have to break it down a little bit. I'm not talking about after we've had our celebrations and all of that, what next? No, it's not that. Because no. Jesus, uh, Christmas is all about Jesus. And the question to us this morning is, after we've received Jesus in our hearts, what next? After we've received the hope that Jesus brings, what next? After we've received the joy, the peace, all the things that we enjoy, you know, that Jesus brings into our hearts, what next? And for us to, to move forward, I want to just uh, start by explaining something. We're going to look at where Jesus was born to start with. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Now, I'm not going to go into the details because there's a lot. You can have a whole preach on just Bethlehem because it's where Rachel died, it's where Ruth was from, it's where David was from, all of that. But we're going to look at Bethlehem at that time. Bethlehem is a small town near Jerusalem. I think it's like five miles away from Jerusalem. And because of how small it was, if people were like you and I today, we'll look at something small and we we'll think, you know what? It's, it's just useless. There's no potential because it's small. You know, it's insignificant because it's small. We can look at things like that. What, what can come out of something small? Because that's the way we can look at things sometimes. And as we go through this this morning, I just want us to just picture that. If people looked at Jerusalem, uh, Bethlehem as you know, it's something that's insignificant, something that's got no potential. But for Jesus to be born in that place, God saw potential in that place. And I just want to say this before we go any further. If God saw potential in a small place like that, that was about five miles away from Jerusalem, which was a big place, and people would go to Jerusalem, God sees potential in each and every person in this place. Because when Jesus went to, when Jesus was born into that town of Bethlehem, he came as that light to that town of Bethlehem. <coughs> when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, he came as that hope, not just to Bethlehem, but a hope to each and every person. It started there in a small town where people thought, you know what, there's no potential, and went to the ends of the world. 
and went to a place where it's actually reached you and I today. And that's where Jesus was born, you know. And I believe it's the same in our lives, you know. We can be, we can have the Bethlehem moments in our lives. We go through life where we think nothing good is going to come out of my circumstances today. Nothing good is going to come out of, you know, I don't, my experiences that I've had in life. Maybe some of us today are actually going through something and we're thinking, you know what, I don't even know how I'm going to get to, I'm in point A, I don't even know how I'm going to get to point B. You know? But God is saying to us, we just got to trust him. If we trust him, he's going to bring that hope into our Bethlehem moment. He's the one who's going to take us from that point A to point B. But we just got to trust in God. Because God does not just see our problems. God sees our problems, but God also sees the potential. God sees where we can see that, you know, this is insignificant. God sees, you know what, there's a purpose for that same thing that you think is insignificant. And Jesus came as that light. What does light do when it comes into a place where there's darkness? It breaks through the darkness. And that's what Jesus did. And if we, and the Bible tells us that he is that light. You know. If you look at Isaiah chapter 9, you know, it's something that we've read over Christmas and uh, people have spoke about as well. Verse 2 and verse 3 says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. They'll see a great light. They'll see Jesus. You know. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at a harvest and like warriors dividing a plunder. And he goes on to say this in verse 6. He says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We hear that over Christmas. You know. But when we think about the chaos that we've got in the world, you know, Jesus is that peace that came to the world in the midst of the chaos. Jesus is the peace that will come in our lives, in our Bethlehem moments, and bring that peace into our lives. He's the one who's going to come into our Bethlehem moments and, and break through, because through, he is the light. So he'll come and break through, just like he did when he came to, to Bethlehem. You know. He came to Bethlehem and breathed, uh, breathed peace into Bethlehem. He brought that joy into Bethlehem. He brought that hope into Bethlehem. And he came to break chains. Everything that we were singing about there, he is that power that, you know, is going to do a work in our lives. Where we are struggling with things, whether it's the fear, whether it's the depression, whether it's the addiction, it's Jesus who comes and breaks those chains. He comes into our Bethlehem moments and actually breaks those chains. Sometimes it's difficult to kind of think about, you know, how can Jesus going to do this? We just have to trust him. When we trust in Jesus, we see things like that happen into our lives. But after Jesus has done that, what next? What do we do? Do we just sit down and then think, ah, you know what? Yeah, Jesus has given me peace and that's it. Jesus has brought hope in my life, that's it. I can see a light at the end of the tunnel. Actually, I feel that joy today. 
God's blessing me with joy every day. But what next? What do we do next? You know? Jesus has saved me today. He's given me that, that gift of eternal life. What next? You know? The one thing we've got to remember is we've all got a story. We've all got a past. And, you know, some of us have been saved in here. I can't assume that everyone's been saved, you know. But we've had that Bethlehem moment where actually Jesus came at a point where we were not saved. He came and actually saved us. We've all got that past. But the one thing is, it's not just about where he saved us from. It's what he saved us for. Because you know what? Jesus has got a future. He's got a purpose for each and every person. And if we look at the Apostle Paul, for instance, no, he was a man, if you, you can read the story in Acts chapter 9, but he was a man who was on a mission, and his mission was actually to persecute the church. He went on, back in orders, to kill Christians, for Christians to be murdered. That was his mission. The thing with him is, he did not know what he did not know. He was blinded, he was deceived. You know. But Jesus had something different for him. And sometimes we can fall into that category where we do not know what we do not know. We're blinded. We think everything that we're doing, you know, is right. But Jesus comes in that moment, goes against the grain, and actually shows us the right way. Because when Jesus came to, when the Apostle Paul had that encounter, you know, he knocked him off his horse, and then he was blinded. But it's in that time that actually Jesus came and spoke to him, you know. He, told, he asked him, why are you persecuting me? That's what he said he say to him. And it's in that moment when he actually met with Jesus, when Jesus came into his life, when Jesus came into his Bethlehem, that's when he directed him to a dip, onto a different path. And you know what? He used other people just like with us. God can use other people to actually speak to us as well, to show us what path we should take, you know. I don't know about you, but it is good to be accountable to someone who's going to help us move along, moving forward, you know. And it's something that, I don't know if it's happening with a lot of people in church, but I believe it's something that we need, because, you know, people will point us into the right direction. You know, when... Uh, the Apostle Paul had that encounter with Jesus. The one thing that God said to, to Apostle Paul, at that time his name also was, you know, in, that's in Acts chapter 9, verse 6, he says, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. When he had that encounter with, with God, his direction changed. God had put an anointing on him. God had already shown him that, you know what, what you're doing is not the right thing. I'm going to change the course of your life, and that's the direction you're going to change, and that's where the vision started to come. I want to say this with the church, with us here. We are blessed that the vision is already there for the church. We can look at that, intentionally building community. And the thing with vision is, like Apostle Paul, the way he, everything he went through, it pointed down to what God had actually asked him to do. And if you look at in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, this is what God said to Ananias, who uh, God sent Apostle Paul to go see. He said this, he says, But the Lord said, Go, for so is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. 
God has set that vision for him. So regardless of what he was going through, whether it was a suffering, whether it was good time, there's something that kept him going on that straight path is the vision that God set in his heart. We've got something here. We've already, we already know. It might be a different vision for individually, but a vision that we've got for the, for the church can help us to, get, to go in that one direction as a church as well. But it's something that we have to come, come to, no matter what we're going through. It might be maybe, you know, you're just here on the Sunday. That's fine. But, you know, that vision still stays the same, whether you're out speaking to friends whether you're out speaking to family, whether you're just, I don't know, walking on the street, that vision can stay the same. You know, it can just stay the same. Because Apostle Paul went on to suffer and suffer and suffer, and guess what? He kept on doing what he was doing. I'm not saying that we're all going to go and suffer and suffer and suffer. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is vision helps to direct our path and go straight. And the story comes down to, you know, he did not just keep what God said to him, that, you know, this is what you're going to do, and that's it. He kept it to himself. Now he acted on that, and he went, and went on to build, transform communities. He went on to plant churches. He went on to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. And you know what? If he can do that, guess what, church? We can do that. That was one person who did that. One person. But as a church, we can do that as well. Because you know what? God has a plan and a purpose for each and every person. As soon as Jesus comes into our hearts, he brings an anointing. I do not know what God is as promised people, but one thing I do know is we are not, uh, we, we've got potential. And God sees that potential in our hearts, in our lives, and God will send us in that potential that he sees in our hearts to go do what he's called us to do. We could be that person, we could be the people that, that one person out there on the street wants to hear God's goodness from. Because we're the only person they know. We could be the only Bible that people know because we're the ones to actually speak God's word to people because they've never seen the actual Bible. We could be the people that can actually speak hope into people's lives, but we have to grab hold of what Jesus has called us for and actually move in that. We could be the ones to go speak God's goodness in people's lives, to go talk about God's mercy, God's grace in people's lives. But we, we don't have to just keep it there with ourselves. We have to actually act on it. So when Jesus comes into our Bethlehem, whatever it is that God has actually said to us, whatever it is that God has saved us from, could be the very thing that we need to go and actually take out there. Because if you look at Apostle Paul, for instance, he was a man on a mission. The only difference is he was on the wrong mission. God pulled him back and put him on the right mission. And it could be the same with all of us. You know. Another person in the Bible is the woman at the world. That's in John chapter 4. Now, I relate to this in, a, in many ways, which we're going to go into. But this woman had no purpose in life. She thought she had wasted a lot of time in her life as well. But when she had an encounter, she went to draw water at a well and she had, a, had an encounter with Jesus. I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of the story. But she had an encounter with Jesus who actually gave her purpose in her life. Jesus showed her that, you know what, you've got purpose in your life. At a time when she, she did not know who she was, she thought she was full of shame. 
That's when Jesus actually came into our life and changed the direction of our life. She was looking for satisfaction in many different ways that were not right. But you know what? The only true satisfaction comes from Jesus Christ. And it's the same for all of us. And I'm sure some of us have, be, have, have experienced things like that where we've tried to look for satisfaction in many different ways, but only to find out that, you know what, the only true satisfaction comes from Jesus Christ. You know? And Jesus said this to her in John chapter 4, verse 14. You know, she says, But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Jesus is the living water. Jesus is all we need to find that satisfaction in our lives. Jesus is the one who gives meaning to our lives. It's nothing else that we're going to go through in life. I look at my life, especially in my 20s, and I... I'm still maybe 29, I don't know. <laughs> In my 20s, <laughs> I feel like I wasted my life. Because my life was just like, it was just one thing after another. You go party, go to work, go back, sleep, go to party, and all of that. And that's all I did. I tried to go to college, and I thought, nah, this is not for me. I'll leave it, you know. That was just my life for I don't know how many years. And there's times when I would wake up and I would be like, God, is this all there is to life? Is this all that you created me for? Is this all that I'm gonna, that's going to happen to me, really? Just party, go to sleep, wake up. There's times when I did not even go to sleep where you're coming from somewhere, getting home at 7 and you're supposed to be at work at 9, sometimes 10 o'clock. <laughs> And I was thinking, nah, life can't be like that. And things, instead of getting better, you know, on the outside, I was sure as if things were actually good, you know. But on the inside, I was actually broken. I needed Jesus to come in that Bethlehem moment. I needed Jesus to come into my life and actually show me something different. And there was one time. Now, you know when you're watching a movie and then you're looking at, they're showing a picture of maybe... Someone in the back of it, maybe someone's collapsed and all they see, they show that blurry picture. That was me one time when I was at the back of an ambulance and all I could see was just, everything was blurry. But I could see the paramedics actually saying, there's nothing you could do. You know. But you know what? I had people around me, people that were praying. I had Jesus come into a moment when even the paramedics thought there's nothing they could do. But he came and rescued me. But that's what Jesus does when he gets into our, our, our Bethlehem. He brings hope into situations where people think they're hopeless. He brings peace into situations where there's just chaos everywhere. In the places where we're just mourning and mourning, Jesus comes and restores that joy into our hearts. Jesus comes into our hearts and breaks any, chain that, any chains that, we, that are oppressing us at that time. Jesus comes into our lives and anoints us. I just want to say one thing. If it wasn't for Jesus and what he did in my life, there's no way I'd stand here to do what I'm doing today. You, know, you can pay me however much, you can do whatever. There's no way I would stand and do what I'm standing 
But that's what Jesus does. He anoints us. He lifts us up. He restores our lives. You know. He restores the years that the locusts have eaten. You know. Nothing goes wasted when it comes to Jesus. Some of us in here might think that, you know what, I've wasted a lot of time in my life. Some of us in here might think, you know what, nothing good will ever come out of the situation that I'm going through right now. But I just want to say today that Jesus is saying that nothing will go wasted if we trust in him. Jesus is trying to say that nothing will go wasted. We just have to believe in Jesus. Jesus wants to say to us that he will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Jesus is saying that to you and I today. It's not just a story that we're listening to. This is the truth, that Jesus can do that and will do that in our lives today. And Jesus is saying to us that, you know, where there's regret, where some of us might think, you know what, if only I could have said that to that person, if only I could have done that right, right, if only I could have just changed something in there. God's saying that he can still do that. It is never too late when it comes to Jesus. Yeah. You know? We just have to turn to him today. We just have to trust him. And the one thing that I do know about this is it's not just for those that do not believe in Jesus Christ. Because the thing is, for all of us, whether believer or not, we go through moments in our lives where we cannot do things in our own strength. We need Jesus to come into our lives. Sometimes it's easy as a church where we come, we fill up the seats and we're like, you know what, I believe in Jesus, I'm actually all right. But you know, it's right, we believe in God, we're Christians and all of that, but it's in them times when we're like, you know what God, I've, ha- I've, I've enjoyed life, you've given me a good life, but today I need you to come into my situation Because maybe I'm the only person who's there to help a friend. And I can't do it. I'm not the physician. I'm not the professional to help a friend. Let's believe for other people as well. It's the faith that we've got for ourselves and for other people as well. Let's believe for other people. And Jesus will come in them Bethlehem moments and will breathe truth into our lives. And you know what the truth does? It sets us free. Jesus wants to bring eternal life to us as well, for those that do not believe, you know, because that's what he does. He wants us to spend eternity with him. And we'll have an opportunity to pray for those that, you know, want to come to Christ as well. The Bible tells us in John 3, 16 and 17, it says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. You know, the Bible talks about that. God wants to spend eternity with, wants us to spend eternity with him. And I just want to say that everything that we need is in Jesus. And one thing that God spoke to me throughout me coming to Christ and going through what I went through is in John 14 verse 6, Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth of, that speaks into our lives and brings freedom. He's the truth 
of who we truly are. We are children of God. Just think about that. If it's something that we hear, it's something that we know, but to actually think about, I'm actually a child of God, and these are my benefits. Have we ever thought about that? We are children of God, and that's the truth. The life that all of us are looking for, you know. Because as human beings, we try and just do better and better and better and better, and which is all right. But that life that we are looking for is found in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who's going to take us from glory to glory. He's the one who's going to make our lives better. But Jesus Christ is the way to where we want to be today. Without Jesus Christ, we'll try and try and try and try. And you know what? We might get as far as we want to get, but you know there will not be that satisfaction that we're looking for in life. Because he is the one who brings that satisfaction. The word of God says to us, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You know, he's the one who brings that satisfaction into our hearts. So what are we doing with what God is actually pouring out into our hearts? Are we actually going out like the Apostle Paul did? Looking at that vision that God has set before him and actually saying, you know what, I'll go regardless. Are we like that woman at the well? You know what she did after she encountered Jesus? She went out and told the village what Jesus had done, what Jesus had said to her. She did not just contain everything in there and just kept everything into her heart. She went out and actually shared. Because you know what? People came to Christ because of what she did. People will get to know the goodness of God through your story, through my story. People will get to know the, 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 the joy through the stories that we tell. People will get to be saved through the stories that we tell, through the good news. It is good news. How many of us like to actually share good news? That is the good news. That's what we've got to do. Take that message and actually share it with other people. You know, the shepherds, when they, came, when they went to see Jesus, when he was born in that place, what did they do? First of all, they ran to go see him, but afterwards they went back and told everyone. You know, they went and shared that. And Jesus wants us to do that. You know, Jesus wants us to share his goodness, to share what he's got for us, to share where he's brought us from and what he's done into our lives. Let's use every opportunity to do that. You know, and as I was thinking about this this morning as well, the one thing that came to me is, if, I had, if we had to ask everyone in church, how many people, uh, I'll pick on one person, maybe I'll pick on, no, nah, I can't pick on Christian, because Christian will probably know a lot. I'll pick on Dean. <laughs> now, the reason I say this, I'm sure you see this, it'll be easy for Christian to answer this. But that's why I have to pick on someone else. <laughs> How many people do you know on the faith level? How they're doing in their faith? 
And if you look at the congregation, you know, it's easy in this world, wherever we are, we talk about work. We talk about how, how's your week been? Oh, it's been all right. Oh, so how was work? Boom. Those are the conversations we get. Whether we're out there, we're in the cafe and all of that, it's that's there. But let us be people that are going to actually rally one another and actually say, you know what, what's God saying to you today? What's God been saying to you this week? And it's not like we're always going to have something to say to kind of say like, ah, oh, actually God's been saying that. Sometimes it's going to say that, you know, God hasn't said, I haven't heard God say anything, you know. But that in itself, you know, helps other people and it helps us as well. Let's not hold back. If God's going to say something to us, come at the front, encourage other people as well. When we're out in the cafe, let's talk about those things. I know it's not always going to be like, oh, the Bible says this and the Bible says that and the Bible. No. We want to know how people did in the week. We want to know what they're doing next week as well, you know. But let's encourage one another in the faith. Because where Paul went, he went on preaching the gospel, sharing the good news and all of that. And you know what? He went on to plant churches. Who knows? You could be the next one to go plant a church one day. Remember, we've all got that potential to do it. If the Apostle Paul did it, you and I can do it. Amen? We're just going to pray. And <clears throat> I'd like to pray for two things. First of all, if you're in here and you've never received Jesus in your life and you'd like to receive Jesus in, into your heart, you want to experience the goodness of God. You want to experience the love of God. We're going to pray for that. But also, and I believe this, personally speaking, I believe it's for everyone, but it might not be for everyone because I do not know everyone. We're going to pray to invite Jesus into those moments that we cannot deal with ourselves. Because you know? I believe there's a lot of us that have got those moments where we can't deal with that ourselves and we need Jesus to come into those, those, those places. So if we could just bow our heads while we pray, and then I'm just going to lead us into prayer. And if you want to pray after me, please feel free to do that. Lord Jesus, I realize I need you. Lord Jesus, I, I believe you died for my sin and I believe you rose again. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. And Jesus, I invite you into my brokenness. I invite you into my hopelessness. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my struggles. I ask you to be the light that brings breakthrough. Be the hope in my circumstances and the peace in my storms. Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Amen. If we just keep our heads bowed like that at the moment.
If you've prayed that for the first time, if you could just put your hand up. And I'm going to leave us at that as well. If uh, any of these has spoken to you, whether it's just us inviting Jesus into our circumstances, into our Bethlehem moments, let us not leave this place without receiving prayer. Let us allow Jesus into their moments. Let him bring that breakthrough that we need. Let him bring that peace that we need in, time, in, in our chaos. And let him bring that anointing that we need to go out there and do his will. Amen.